Time to get it off your chest, whether you're mad or blessed. So, so you better have the same energy. We want to hear from you on the Breakfast Club. Hello, who's this? Hey, it's Tony. Tony, get it off your chest. Hey, actually, man, it ain't even nothing negative, man. I just want to say something positive, man. I appreciate y'all every day because I've been in the army for 14 years, man. So only want to go to work every morning at five o'clock. But listen to y'all at six o'clock, man. Keep me motivated, man. That energy y'all have every day. So I appreciate that. All right, thank you, brother. Have a good thank day, you. man. Back. Thank y'all. All right, Back. man. Hello, who's this? Hey, this is Nasty Buck popping out of Norfolk, Virginia. No, Nasty Buck from the 757. What's up, bro? Nothing. Good morning to you, DJ Envy, Angela D. Charlemagne. Good morning. What up, King? Peace. Peace, yeah. I just want to uh, shout out people that lost their vision. I lost my vision last year due to diabetes. So I'm just trying to keep it positive, keep it moving. Okay. Man, I, I had a homeboy tell me yesterday he losing vision in one of his eyes. I don't know if it's because of diabetes, yeah, but... Yeah, I lost mine due to diabetes. Diabetes, you know, that's the leading cause of people losing their vision. So I'm just trying to show some positivity and all that. Yes, sir. All right, yeah, I'm brother. sorry to hear that, but I'm glad you're keeping it positive. Yeah, got to. Appreciate mm-hmm. y'all for everything y'all do. I listen to y'all every morning. I was incarcerated last year, so I used to listen to y'all every time. Get me through my struggles. All right. Well, all right, brother. Well, happy have to a have good you one, home. Man. All right, you too. Hello, who's this? Hey, how you doing as well, man? Good morning, Angela Yee. Good morning, Charlemagne. Good morning. Peace, King. Good morning, Will. What's happening, brother? Uh, I just had one thing to say. Well, I got a couple things. First, Charlemagne. Yes, sir. I heard advertising uh, for for, for him's um, hair growth. Yes, sir. That's a great question. Does it make sense for a bald head man to advertise hair growth? Does it make sense? It's not just hair growth, though. It's hair growth. That's a great question. You know, it's it's, it's, uh, libido. You know what I'm saying? It's just, you know, know, being, being, it's wellness in general. Physical wellness in general. The check clear, bro. Yeah. No. Right, I heard that. I'm, hey, I'm, you, you heard more than just a bald head on the commercial, though. And I said it on the commercial. I got a bald head. You did. You did. You did. And I'm like, what the f***? This don't make no sense. Well, <laughs> you can't curse, sir. A hair commercial, bald head. Okay, no. brother. Thank you for calling in. Have a good weekend, man. Hello, who's this? Hey, what's up? It's John. What's up, John? Get it off your chest. How you guys doing this morning? Good. How are you? Good, good, good. I'm great. I'm great. What's up, Charlemagne? What's up, King? I got a bone to pick with you, sir. But it's, talk it's to me. Like talk to me. To but, but it's a compromise, too. So people always call you about being late, all right? Uh-huh. And you say your contract says you're supposed to be there, what, six after or something like that? 605. So, so 605, okay. My punctuality is pet peeve, but I'm going to let you live with your 605 as long as you come in the door saying, yo, 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 yo. Yo, 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 yo. If you do that every morning, I don't care what time you get there. As long as we know you oh, get Oh, my God. There. Yes, don't sir. I that. got you. All right. <laughs> Thank you, man. That's a great compromise. I'm with that. Oh, my goodness. Hello, who's this? Snackman. Oh, oh my God. Snackman, our resident comedian. What's up, Snackman? He's Snack not man? our resident comedian. He must be doing it at your house. I thought you were locked up, Snackman. Where you Thank been? You. Good morning, Angela. Uh, I wrote a new joke for you. You okay. hear anybody else up here? Y'all be trying to make fun of him. All right, go ahead, man. We're ready, Snackman. All right. Um, how can you tell when you're in a relationship with a black woman? Oh boy. Oh my God. It's okay, Snack bad. Man is not black. I just want to point that out. Go ahead. You see her with her wig off. As if black women are the only women that wear wigs. Yeah, you Shut know up. what? Every all races wear wigs. Shut your dumb ass up. 
I want to come to your shows one day just to boo the hell out of you. Where your next show at? He hung up on his own. I didn't oh. have to hang up on him. Damn. I want to come to his show and just heckle the hell that out of him. That wasn't a good one. Boo! Get it off your chest. Boo! Race, race boo! jokes better be funny. 1051, if you need to vent, hit us up now. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Wake up, wake up. Wake your ass this is your time to get it off your chest. Whether you're mad or blessed, we want to hear from you on The Breakfast Club. Hello, who's this? Angel. Angel, what's up? Get it off your chest. Hey, uh, I'm just fake mad right now because uh, when you guys have humble The Breakfast Club, I can never get through. But Charlamagne, you need to start getting to work on time, man. I look forward to that. Yo, 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 yo. That's like my morning coffee, man. What's up? It's crazy how no matter how many times I tell y'all my contract stays 6 or 5, y'all just won't, won't believe me. We don't believe you, but please, man. Yeah, we don't. <laughs> All right, thank you, brother. Uh, Angela Yee, Angela yes, Yee, thank you for being on time every single day. Asha, have a blessed day. Uh, okay, thank you. I, I don't try be on my time best. every day. <laughs> uh, not every time, but you, you know do better. You do better. You do You're better than Sean, man. Hello, who's this? <laughs> AB. Hey, what's up? Get it off your chest. Hello, good morning, DJ MV, Angela Yee. Good morning. Good morning. All right, so. A couple years ago, I was living with my ex-boyfriend, and we had a light door in my name. Uh-oh. So he, I, yeah, I happened to move out, but I kept it in just for kind of my heart. I kept it in my name. Mm-mm-mm. Of course, he didn't pay the bill. So now I can't get the lights in my name. So now here, two years later, I ran down to him, and me and his girlfriend had got to an argument over the situation. Remind you, I was arguing with him, but she wanted to jump in. First of all, the reason why he owed me this is not because I wouldn't have sex with him while he was with her. So for her to come at me, I'm like, my girl, you better date me because if it wasn't for me, you wouldn't have your boyfriend right now. And you wouldn't have had no lights. <laughs> exactly. Like, so, <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so who paying the light bill okay. now? No, I don't. I don't have magically. I have light. I don't know how. But magically. I can't get it in my name, and it's crazy. They like, say, "How are you gonna do this to me? I have. I just got a child, and all that. That's my stuff. I was gonna say nice to you, and because I want to have sex because you had a girlfriend. Can I give you some you advice? Like, you gonna give us some? You gonna give? You gonna pay for a light bill? No, I'm gonna give you some advice. Oh. Okay. <laughs> He's never gonna give you that money back. Nope. So no matter how much you try to harass him about it, all it's going to do is be stressful for you. So you just have to chalk that up as a loss and figure out how we're going to move on and move forward past this because all you're doing is putting some more stress and burden on yourself. You have to chalk it up and chalk him up as a loss, and he's a loser. Have a good one, Mama. Salem! Hi, Hi, y'all. Good morning. It's a real one. Birthday tomorrow. Hey, fam. Happy birthday. Tomorrow. Thank you, guys. Envy, I know you're like the DJ king, so I wanted to say, can I request a song? I, it, has to, it has to be a throwback, because, you know, we do throwbacks to, this morning on it Friday. Is. That's the crazy part. It's, oh. I wanna and it's your birthday? Uh, what you want to hear? Max. Who? Return of the Max. Return, Return of, the, of Mac. the Mac. I got a homeboy who loves Return of the Mac. Salute their Kaz, real life Kaz on Twitter. He loves that song, Return of the Mac. Jeez. I do not know why. Has All he ever right. heard Return hey. of the Strap by Sada Baby? Well, I was gonna choose candy too, but I was just like, no, let me just do it. Just like candy, those are classic records. Yeah. Right, how about I play both of them for you? Okay, I'll play candy and return You're of the Mac. Best. All right. Thank you, guys. Okay. okay. Happy birthday, Salem. You you used to have been supporting us from the beginning, and I'll get that on Not for your the birthday. beginning, but she's been around a while. <laughs> she's been around a while. Not the beginning. We've been we've been here for a whole nine. Okay. You guys are the best. You guys have a wonderful weekend. Thank you. Have a great birthday. All right. Bye. Diamond. What's going on, Angie? Hey, you just got discharged from the hospital. What happened? You good? 
Um, well, two weeks ago, I had um, toe surgery. I had bunion removal, and I've been down and out for um, two weeks now. I couldn't walk or whatever, and I'm a teacher. I've still been working summer school this week. Then last night, I'm trying to help my sister because she just had a baby last week as well. It was crazy. She had a baby, and um, I'm trying to help her put together the playpen and bring the car seat to the car so he could go to his first doctor's appointment this morning. So I pulled the muscle doing that, and mm. I took a, um, a pain pill from my surgery oh my that gosh. the doctor prescribed me, and I took it without um, food, so I ended up getting, getting sick. Nauseous. Yep. Wow. Yeah, so now... So then my stomach was hurting, my back was hurting, my chest started hurting and everything. Diamond, you know what that means? What's she that getting mean? old. Sit your ass down. That's all. You're just getting old. It's Sit a, your ass it's, down. It's a little, <laughs> your, your recovery time is a little slow because you're getting older. That's all. How yeah, old are you, Diamond? Man, I'm, only, I'm, I'm only 26. Mm-hmm. Well, you, sit oh. your, 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 your young old ass down. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to sit my ass down. And I got surgery this Wednesday coming up for the other foot. I'm going to sit down. Oh, my it goodness, Diamond. It for me. All right, Diamond. Well, I'm in the club this weekend since you're out and about. You want to join me at the club just one last time before your surgery? Hell yeah. no. Not, like, not with this boot on my That's foot. That's right. Pull up in the handicapped parking <laughs> space. Jump out. Or roll out. Either or. Nah, I ain't doing that. <laughs> nah. All right, Dom, have a good one. All right, get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. If you need to vent, hit us up right now. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. We got a special guest in the building. She's, She's back. back. Miss Kathy Griffin. Welcome hey, back. Hey, yes, Kathy. Back What's happening? Very excited. She got a new movie out, Hell of a Story. Hell of a Story. A feature film. A feature mm-hmm. film. A docu-comedy. Yes. That's I right. so bad for you watching Did it. Did like, you watch I it? I almost teared a little oh bit. Oh, my God. Thank like, they you. They were really effing you up. Honey, it's raw. Yeah. It is like ugly, no makeup Kathy crying. So the first third is straight up documentary, mm-hmm. like iPhone. And then the second two thirds are comedy concert. But it is, you know, there's a little meat on the bone. It's mm-hmm. not, it's funny. Hopefully you'll laugh more than anything, but it tells the whole Trump story. And the doc part gets me in real time. Do you like, think this is it? Like, is this it when it comes to the Trump story, the whole seven head discussion? Do you think you got it all out? I think I got it all out, but I realize this photo will be with me the rest of my career. Well, let's just tell people, because a lot of people might not know what you did. What? She Everybody does. Knows how she knows. Know. Did, she did that for a whole hour last time she was here. Envy, you're crazy. <laughs> you sound crazy. We have a zillion new listeners. There was a Envy, she you... just told this story last year on The Breakfast Club. <laughs> no, but we had way more stations from there, just in My case. God. Now I'm going to get the Academy Awards, probably. I'm going to yes. get a lifetime achievement, at least. <laughs> well, I do want to say, in, in, in telling what it what happened, it is a great story of resilience. Thank you. And your documentary, Thank because you. It, what it does show is that you were blacklisted. You had to go overseas. Yeah. Why was she blacklisted? Tell them why, ye. And promote yourself. It's for taking a picture. With, I took it very innocent, mm-hmm. covered by the First Amendment photo, Correct. of myself holding a mask of Donald Trump. Hold on. Trump. Sorry, it's hard for me to vomit when I say that. Um, With ketchup all over it. And then uh, the Trump folks put it in what I call the Trump wood chipper. Now, I will say when I was making the documentary part, even I didn't know that the photo went global that day. Mm. So we get to show how it was in newspapers. That's right. It was in newspapers in every language. In Chinese, Arabic, French, everywhere. So then um, they tried to associate me with ISIS, that I had joined ISIS. Mm -hmm. And I'm sorry to say there are people that believe that to this day, which is very bizarre. Did your mother really think you were in the club? My mother um, watches something called Fox News. 
news. It's a little embarrassing. <laughs> and yes, she totally took Sean Hannity's side. And she thought um, she was in Club Al-Qaeda? She thought I was in Al-Qaeda. She kept saying that. Why did you join Al-Qaeda? <laughs> but I'm actually glad I got that, to put that scene in. Because my um, beloved mother, 99 years old, God love her, has unfortunately fallen into dementia. Mm. So I'm actually really glad we got that scene. Question. Do you really care about being in Hollywood? Like, you make so much money on the road, I would think. <laughs> Why do you care about, like, Hollywood? People calling you back and because when you roles? Because when you're blacklisted, you can't tour. You know, you're mm. unemployable, you're uninsurable, and because of the president and the Department of Justice, so never happened. So that's why I really felt, I mean, look, I funded this movie myself. I right. don't know if it's going to get distribution or if it's going to be seen by tens of people or what, but mm. I think it's an important message to get out there. I agree. Have you guys heard the latest QAnon theory? You know about these people? No. no oh, that. okay. Well, they flood my timeline. And number one, they think I'm a pedophile and that I do child trafficking with Barack Obama and Hillary Clinton. Okay, oh okay. You know. Like Sounds every, very reasonable. Very reasonable. <laughs> mm -hmm. And they also think that JFK Jr. is going to come back from the dead and be the new vice president instead of Mike Pence. Kathy, and, why are you giving that any energy or any attention? <laughs> <laughs> like, why? Like, um, why? Because the FBI came to my house the day I filmed the special, and they did a no-knock, and they came over, which means bad. Like, usually they call if they think it's, like, kind of a threat. They call my attorney if they think it's kind of a bad threat. When they just come over without saying we're coming over, yeah. the day I filmed the comedy part of, of the film, they came over and they said that, um, you remember the, the MAGA bomber, the pipe bomber guy, Stasio Sayak? Mm -hmm. So they had captured him, and they had told me prior that I was already on his uh, kill list. But they came over in person to say, we, we are here to inform you, Ms. Griffin, that he shared his kill list with like-minded people. And I said, um, hi, fellas. Oh, by the way, the FBI also never gets my jokes because they've been to my house so much. <laughs> the FBI has been great. I'm not anti-government. And the FBI comes in and I go like this, Norm, from Cheers. And they never <laughs> laugh. They, they never, never laugh. laugh. they come over all the time? Yes. They're at my house more than my family. And so I'm like, come on in, Joey. Hey, left eye. And so, um, so they, I said, well, what should I do? And they said, well, it's an open investigation. I go, look, you guys are here. And they read me this letter called A Duty to Warn. And I remember the female agent was shaking, her pa the paper shaking, and I'm thinking, okay. And I go, you know, I have a performance tonight. Am I going to get shot on stage? Which is the way the Trumpers want to kill me the most. They want to shoot me on stage, Eesh. cut my head off, and then put my head up my you-know-what, and then shoot me again. Um, they're very direct. Okay. And um, they said, can you open your mailbox uh, 10 feet away? I said, I'm 5'3". How right, long do you think my arms that? are? You're not Miss Incredible? Uh, right? Yeah. And I, so I want to get one of those grabbers from SC on TV, like mm -hmm. the old lady has with mm -hmm. the grabber, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then MacGyver, like a second one. So I don't know what to do. Every time I open my mailbox, I just go kaboom and hope for the best. All right, we got more with Kathy Griffin. When we come back, don't move. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Good morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the guy. We are The Breakfast Club. We're still kicking it with Kathy Griffin. Charlamagne? How did you heal from the trauma of all this, though? Did you go to, like, therapy or something? Oh, yeah, like, therapy. Okay. I mean, at one point, I was going three times a week. Yeah. Like, I was like, what are you doing tomorrow, doctor? I'll be here. How do you know um, your therapist's not a trumper? Oh, I asked him. Okay. Oh, I. it's like I open with that. Okay. I'm like, hi, who'd you vote for? <laughs> I mean, I just can't even play anymore. Yeah, yeah, and if yeah. you didn't vote, then we also have a problem. So you got a lot of therapy? A lot of therapy, and also, I mean, like, and this is corny, but, like, really, thank God for comedy. 
Thank God for comedy because yeah. no matter what, I just lived for those shows. And overseas, they just ate it up because the audiences there were like, what is going on <laughs> in your country? <laughs> and so uh, it was great doing the shows and that kept me going. But it was it was a grind. And it, like I said, the airport stuff was scary. And there were a lot of incidents in the States too. Like a guy pulled a knife on me in Houston and I was playing like really beautiful halls. Like I played Carnegie here and Radio mm -hmm. City and Houston. I think I played either Symphony Hall or the Opera House and it's on YouTube. You can see it. There's some guy and he's wearing a Trump shirt and he's waving a knife all over the place. Wow. And How'd he get the knife in? You got uh... He was outside. He okay, was okay, outside. okay. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. Your assistant also quit during the tour. Yes. What happened? I, I It was a rough tour so maybe it was too much for him mm -hmm. but the timing wasn't great. It was like two in the morning in Vienna. And uh, so then uh, my, my boyfriend and tour manager, don't judge, we were, you know, <laughs> on our own. And then there were, you know, various means of security, which I don't discuss in detail because that's the first rule of security. Mm -hmm. But uh, there was a lot. <laughs> and so you just have to try to think of everything. It's like you never know where it's coming. Um, I was actually uh, giving a speech at Oxford about the First Amendment. And I didn't go to college. Oxford, hey. Can you imagine? And so um, uh, the driver dude that was taking me from the airport to the hotel, he said, oh, I recognize you from the picture. And I said, well, first of all, let me just apologize for Trump. I'm really sorry. We're working on it. It's a whole thing with gerrymandering and the electoral call. I'm like trying to explain the whole thing. And he goes, well, I'm from Morocco. And I said, oh, God. I said, well, sorry about Trump saying, you know, Africa's, you know, what whole countries. And he goes, he didn't say that. He's the best president the world has ever seen. Wow. And I go, uh. Sir, I don't know where you get your news, but honestly, he said that about Africa. And I go, and he thinks it's a country, not a continent. And then the guy says to me, and I was then with my assistant, and it was pouring down rain, so I'm sorry I couldn't run out and walk to the hotel. And he goes, if we were in Morocco, I would cut your tongue out right now. He said that to you? Damn. Oh, yeah. So you was know me. I start, honey, I, no, he was, uh, he was with um, Music Express. Okay. And I called the vice president, and I got him fired, but I also filmed it. <laughs> so wow. That's wow. I have learned to whip out that phone camera wow. when necessary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. I was wondering how you, how are you and Chris Jenner friends? It seemed like y'all wouldn't get along at all. I have to because she's, you know, killed people. <laughs> I mean, I can't prove it, but I'm pretty sure one time, one time I was driving to Vegas and I saw her with a shovel and a Rolls Royce and I haven't seen Lamar Odom since. Wow. Now, that's all I'm saying. Yeah. She, you know, I mean, I'm not, I can't prove she's killed. No, she, I get along with her because, you know, for 10 years, I just called them dirty whores and then they were mad at me and finally they just came around and they were like, oh my God, you're like kidding. I go, yeah. <laughs> I went there for Christmas Eve. Really? really? Can you believe it? I walk in, the first one I see is Pops, right? Kanye. And so I call him Pobs because you know he makes he thinks he's Pablo Picasso. Mm -hmm. Just play along. Okay. So he has Pablo on his sleeves. So um, and you know they used to be my next door neighbors, mm -hmm. which was during the whole Trump thing. My next door neighbors being Kim and Kanye was delicious. You can't write it. Mm -hmm. And so yeah, I went there for Christmas Eve and it was fantastic and it was like a super crazy mix of people, which I'm all about. Mm -hmm. And um, it was. They, and you said I mean Chris, that proves anything. Like I can. Did they make you feel welcome? Yes. And you said really? Chris Jenner gave you great advice. She gave me the best advice. She goes, apologize and get over it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and then she just, you know, she was like hanging there and she actually came over for dinner the night of the photo. And that was like, honestly, just a coincidence. But Are the camera's there? No. Okay. But I think great exactly. on Oh God, more crying. <laughs> um, no, she was actually counting her money. I was like, Chris, pay attention. Um, and then printing some as well. She's got a printing machine. But no, they actually, you know, they are the least of my worries. Like, yeah. once you've had the, the entire White House and Department of Justice come after you, the Kardashians are the least Light of my worries. I even went up to uh, the makeup one, Francine. What's her name? 
the no, no. What, what's her name? What's Kylie. The, yeah, yeah, Kylie. I'm busy with the main three. I can't deal with Francine and Candle. Anyway, so I even made up with those two. And Francine's a billionaire with a B. Did you know that? Yeah, it Kylie. Kylie. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I can't remember their names. I'm focused on Chloe and Courtney. Although I don't know what Courtney does. All right. Well, we appreciate you for joining us. Oh, I love you guys. Thank you so much. It's Kathy Griffin. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. Now, if you just joined us, we're talking about valuing your vagina. That's right. Now, this comes from April Jones, who was on Love and Hip Hop uh, Hollywood, and this is what she said. But I'm not opposed to f***ing him. Is that what you mean to say? I mean, I'm not. A bitch needs some d- and I'd rather give it to a person that's my friend as opposed to someone who's just a guy that I'm knowing. He's deserving of the p- Let's just be really honest. If I decide to give it to him one day, I would be proud of that because I have given guys my vagina that don't deserve it. So we're asking... Oh, oh I got to start We forgot. Right we forgot. Yes. Let's, let's do it the right way. It's Friday, so you know what that means. It's, it's freaky, 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 freaky Friday. Friday. Now let's go right to the phone lines. 800-585-1051. We're asking ladies, have you ever gave to your vagina to somebody who didn't deserve it? Let's Who's talk this? about this mismanagement of the poom poom. Randy. Yes. Okay. Yes. You gave your vagina have, away to somebody who didn't deserve it? Randy, you a grown-ass no, man. Definitely. We're not talking to fellas right Why now. Why did you hang up on him? Yes, we're talking Y'all to Y'all are doing the most phone. talking, though. Tashari. Hello. Hey, you gave your vagina to somebody who didn't deserve it? Yes. Oh, my God. I gave it to this guy, and I ended up having a whole kid with him. Yeah, a whole kid, not a half. I love the kid. I love my son to death. However, I just regret that I got to deal with this man for the rest of my life. Now, why? Now, now, at what point did you realize you was mismanaging your vagina? What happened? When I think that when I gave birth to the kid and I turned around and looked at him, I was like, <laughs> so it was nothing that <laughs> did? It was just the way he looked? What's so bad? Uh, you know what? It's just the whole aura. I wish the aura was there when I originally happened. It was just once the kid came into the world, it was a whole new person. I was mm. so disgusted. He's a bum. Oh, my God. Tell me about it. Yeah, you got to stay with that bum for 18 years, that's right. But, but you know what? When you bless, no bum shall prosper. That's right. You. Yeah, don't call, don't call him a bum now because he wasn't no bum when you was letting him hit raw. All right. Oh, right, right. That one night. that it had, Everything was great that one night. That one yeah, night. Yeah, one so night of raw That sex. night was perfect. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Lachey. Hello. Hey, we're talking about uh, mismanaging your vagina. You ever gave your vagina to somebody who didn't deserve it? Of course. You know the nights when you're in the club and you're with your girls and then you see that dude with the science hands and he buying drinks and stuff. And you, you know what I'm saying? He looking good. He's smelling good and everything. And even when you the lights come on, you're like, okay, I'm riding with him. It's not bad. Up in the morning, he ain't got no car. He ain't got no job. He ain't doing nothing. Got a bunch of kids he don't take care of. I think every girl done been there before. Yeah, How was you riding with him with no car? The train. I was, he was in my car, of course. Oh, he was, so he was riding with you. And you was driving drunk. Yeah, of course. I'm like, oh, yeah, you riding with me? Let's go. You know when you drunk, everything on you. But let me ask you a question. You said you turned the lights on and he looked good. So how many times have you turned the lights on and the person didn't look too good? Oh, oh, it happens every once in a while. You know, when you're attractive, you don't really attract too many ugly people. But it happens once every <laughs> once in a while. I'm not, you know what, dog? The reason, the reason I'm not mad at you is because you hear guys all the time talk about, oh, I was drunk, man. That's why I slept with her, yada, yada, yada. I didn't know that happens to women, too. What? Hell yeah. Are you crazy? Why do you think he was buying her drinks? 
Okay, and they spending all that cash to make you feel all good, mm-hmm. all booed up with you in the club, especially if you're just getting over an ex. Oh, yeah, he getting some. You I, wish you, I wish you would tell me that you mismanage your vagina just because I'm, I'm ugly. All right? <laughs> I would I would you tell you the money if you ugly. Well, guess Whoa. what? You can't un- <laughs> Goodness, you hear that? You hear me? Do you hear me? You All can't right. un- me. All right. God, you're taking it so personal. It must have happened to you before. 800-585-1051. We're asking, have you ever, you know what? When we come back, I want you to tell a story, ye. What? Of your friend that wouldn't let Charlemagne upstairs. <laughs> First of all, we don't have to tell the story because yeah. black men don't cheat. And this I am, was a long time ago. I am no longer that guy anymore. No need to rehash that tale. You Ladies, know what I'm, saying? I'm sure. I'm sure a lot of people have regrets with old face Charlemagne. <laughs> Listen, you might be right. Okay, but guess what? Like, what was I doing? That was mismanagement. But guess what? You can't unf me. All right, eight hundred five eight five one zero five one. Ladies, have you ever gave your vagina to somebody who didn't deserve it? Call and let's not act like having sex with a New York Times best. Selling author isn't a great thing. You wasn't that before. Yeah, you but you can say were. that you can say that now. Old face Charlamagne. Like, <laughs> like that one time you left blood on my um, mattress up here. I don't oh know why y'all God. bringing all this stuff up on a Friday. Keep it locked, it's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. We got a special guest in the building. Yes, sir. Dr. Oz. I feel blessed today. Lucky to be here. What up, Doc? Just today? You don't feel blessed every day? Every day, but especially around you, just the energy. They, there's, a, there's an animal-like charisma coming from you, emanating from you. Well, thank the you, Doc. He's very <laughs> kinky this morning, Doc. I'm sliding over close. I'm sliding over to him now. How are you going to do that. with these allergies? I saw you were having some allergy problems. Oh, my goodness. I, I don't usually get them that bad. Right, at me neither. All. But I looked in the U.S. Weather Service, and literally the tree pollen map, it's a bullseye on this area. Mm. And so I did two things. First, I started using neti pot. Wash your sinuses out. You know that Aladdin-like lamp? You put the water in the right nostril, comes out the left yeah. nostril. Make sure it's clean water. I never tried that. You, it is really effective for allergies. And the other thing is washing your hair. Mm-hmm. Because really? the pollen sticks to your hair. Charlamagne, no worries over there. Yeah, Charlamagne's over there. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what? Wow. No, no, no. My allergies are acting up. <laughs> but, you know, think about it. You, you, yeah. you, you put hairspray especially, and it sticks everything together, so the pollen gets stuck to the hair. You lie down at night. All that pollen is basting your, in your face. And you, walk, you wake up in the morning with swollen eyes, your runny mm. nose. So those are these, if you can do them. Now, when you sat down, you said you wanted to talk about CBD. And that was good because, like, I was going to ask you about CBD because I've been on CBD for about three, four months now. Hey, why are you taking it? I like it for my anxiety, and it makes me sleep. So I take the syrup, I take the uh, gummies, and I take the drops that you put under your tongue. And I like the cream on my joints. Is it Everything. good for you? Is the CBD oil good? So we did a big investigation on CBD oils. Here's mm-hmm. my personal belief. It's not been proven, but I do believe it has wonderful medicinal benefits. But, and there's a big but here. But we got 13 products. Ten of them did not have what they said was in it. Ooh. Really? Five of them had nothing. So nothing. it's not really regulated yet. And not, not regulated at all. Either the industry needs to do it or the government needs to do it. But there are a lot of people, Charlamagne, who are going to listen to you right now, go out and buy a CBD product, and they're going to have a miserable result. Mm-hmm. Pay a lot of money with no benefit. Why? Because they bought fake stuff. Mm-hmm. And how do you tell? It's hard. Right. I get mine from a pharmacy. The ones that we've tested were sold in pharmacies. Mm. Look, Charlie, it may work for some of those things. Mm-hmm. It probably doesn't help all of them equally well. Maybe it helps joint pain a lot, anxiety a lot, but not quite so good for sleep and not so beneficial for intestines or whatever. So people just start to shotgun it. Mm-hmm. And then they start to find their own little path. You might also think it's helping you menta- uh, mentally. Exactly. So you're Placebo. like, okay, I feel better now. Yeah, but, I, but it worries me a lot when 10 out of 13 specimens were fake. Yeah. Wow. Because that means most people are going to have a bad experience and it's expensive. So what do they put what in about it? What's, gr- fake? Yeah, what's fake in it? No, they don't put CBD in it. 
Mm. There, there was literally no CBD in five of the te- of products. Wow. Zero. zero. And four of them had so little, we, you know. It wouldn't it was, even do anything. Exactly. What are the good CBD brands? I use Green Roads. I don't even know which brands are good or not. Mm-hmm. I've never looked at it. But I think the CBD industry ought to get together and create some kind of a certification process. Mm-hmm. They don't do it themselves. Don't let the government do it. Do it yourself. Mm-hmm. Say, we're going to stamp on this thing CBD real or something. Make some U.S. CBD or something that everyone can trust. Then, but if, if for, in the meantime, go for big companies. The bigger the company, the more likely they're going to be giving you real stuff because they're going to be going out of business otherwise. Yeah, I never thought about it. I just assumed it was good because it was in the pharmacy. No, not at all. That's one of the problems running into it. You know, I tell you, we have so much misinformation about things because of moral hang-ups. That's mm-hmm. one of the problems we're having with, with hallucinogens and, and magic, magic mushrooms. Magic Psilocybin, yeah. You may not remember this, but Bill Wilson, who's the guy who started Alcoholics Anonymous, actually, how did he stop drinking? Because there was no Alcoholics Anonymous for him. He started it. Mm -hmm. He stopped drinking because he had this mystical experience, probably through hallucinogen, Mm -hmm. where he realized what the truth was. And that got him to realize that alcohol wasn't his path. Mm -hmm. He tried to get LSD into the AA program for through the 50s, you know, even into the 60s he was trying to do it. Why? Because he realized that for some people, if they weren't going to be able to meditate their way to peace, inner peace... There was maybe a hack, a one-time deal where you could take LSD just one time, have a new view of the world, and reset yourself. Mm-hmm. Let's think about this. What is addiction? Addiction happens because you create a fence around yourself to protect you, right? You build these little walls, and you don't realize till it's too late there's actually a cage. Then when the world doesn't react the way you want it to react, you panic. Mm-hmm. You get depressed. You start mm-hmm. resorting to drugs. You start get, you know, That's what PTSD is. PTSD mm-hmm. is you, you have this triggered event that just sort of locks you into a to a spot where you're all handcuffed, you can't move. So how do you free yourself from that? Well, there's some different tactics. One of them is meditation, prayer, but if you can't get there, and that's hard to do sometimes for some people because it's so stuck, there are medications. Mm -hmm. Some of the most important medications are actually hallucinogens. LSD, psilocybin, magic mushroom, ayahuasca. And these are not, I'm not talking about raving in concerts. That's Mm -hmm. the worst way to do this stuff. This is not for recreational use, which is why I don't like what they're doing in Colorado. I think we ought to, however, free doctors to take care of patients. Have you ever tried any hallucinogens? I haven't, but I'll tell you why. I, I don't have a problem that I think it would help. I'm, I don't smoke. I don't drink. But listen, if, I'm a smoke, if I was a smoker, I would think about it. Mm-hmm. And I, the data from the most recent study, 80% of people who are smokers, they stop smoking after trying with a doctor one of these hallucinogens. Mm-hmm. And two-thirds still weren't smoking after a year. These are huge success rates. And it was one time. Same for alcoholism, same for PTSD, and depression may be the most important data because people kill themselves with depression. And if you can reset, like, you know how you ter- turn your computer on and off mm-hmm. if it locks up? That's basically what this is doing. So that's what hallucinogen What the f- is the word? Hallucinogen. <laughs> that's, what they do to, that's what they do, reset you? Hallucinogen resets you. It allows you to see a world that you never realized existed. Now, I'm tra- I, did, I did try mushrooms before. Y'all oh, know that. Me, what was it like? It was a, it was a nice experience, but... My thought is this, right? Because I've always heard to take any hallucinogens, if you're not in a good frame of mind, if you're depressed, it actually makes it even worse because the hallucinations that you have are kind of a reflection of what's going on in your mind. So I've always been told, like, not to take it if you're feeling that way. Well, the the, the doctors that I've spoken to on this topic mm-hmm. say it needs to be guided. Right. So you take the pill, you lie down, you have to have this person make you feel safe. 
that sometimes a journey is not a, a, a happy journey because what you're going through is not happy. Mm-hmm. But if you feel safe, at least you're not scared during the unhappy journey. I did it so long ago, but I would never go out and do it. it we were in a in the Poconos, actually, mm-hmm. me and my friends, and we were in the house, and we weren't going anywhere, so I felt safe, and it was a good experience. And how did it change you afterwards at all? Um, I felt very clear-headed afterward. Really? Mm-hmm. And I wished while I was while I was on it that I w- would have been able to write certain things down because it does make you have a lot of different types of thoughts, but I just wasn't able to do that. Cause well, I- you, before you did even the topic, so apparently, I don't know this for a fact, but apocryphally, Steve Jobs, mm-hmm. creator of the iPhone, yeah. Apple, would take micro doses of LSD every day and yeah. then walk around meditating to the LSD he just taken. And then he would write the ideas down. Right. And that's how so, you got the smartphone. All right, we got more with Dr. Oz. When we come back, don't move. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. We're still kicking it with Dr. Oz. Maybe I'm from a different place, right? Like, I see people who, when a kid don't act right, oh, he has ADHD. You know, if, if something's going wrong, oh, they have this type of problem. If, if something's going wrong in their life, oh, they have mental illness. And it feels like people are using this as an excuse and it, it feels like it's a trend. It's a fad. And and a lot of people that are affected by it are not getting help. And a lot of people are just using it as an excuse. I think it's a, a wonderfully wise insight. People crutch off these things. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, some folks have problems that, that appropriately need to be treated. A lot of times people were worried that, there were, that big illnesses were being ignored. But there's a bit of a victim mentality. And I'll take, uh, I'll, I'll say I'm ADHD. Well, maybe you are. Right, but it doesn't really matter. It's quite, what are you going to do with it? So if I give you a medication for ADHD because you needed to get past the day, I get that. But don't crutch on that, and certainly don't believe you have to take that to get through your life. You should be able to figure out coping tactics because your whole life is about the challenges in it. Oh, see, that's why. But see, that's what I think the problem was with the hood when we were growing up. We didn't learn any coping tactics because when people came with these, you know, ailments, people said, "Oh, get over it. Oh, there's nothing wrong with you." So the cycle never got broken. That's right. So it just, it just kept the hood up. The number, That's why I think we need social emotional learning in schools. The, it's so funny you say that. I was I was at a, a good friend of mine's daughter graduated. Mm-hmm. Uh, Timmy Schreiber. He owns. That's my guy. You know Timmy. It's my man. Right, so, I so love t- Timmy. T- so Timmy Schreiber's mother started the Special Olympics. He runs Special Olympics. This, he was John F. Kennedy's nephew, right? Mm-hmm. His his mother was John F. Kennedy's brother. We teach kids how to do math in school. Yeah, learn math. Mm-hmm. You got to learn the math. And if you're going to be good at, in life, you got to know how to do a little bit of math. But if you can't cope, if you don't have emotional coping skills, mm-hmm. I think you're speaking to, which is why Health Corps, other groups like that, Tim's on the, on the advisory board, mm-hmm. by the way, of Health Corps for that very reason. I don't know how to get people to realize this. It is the biggest disservice we do to our youth. And I go to schools all over the country, and it makes me want to cry when I see them unable to do to do the, the the coping skills that my coaches taught me in sports, I didn't learn it in English class. I learned it in on the football field, or you can learn it playing music, or you can learn it in the, you know fashion show. You can learn it many places, but if you're you in the hood, you don't learn it at all. Exactly, even learning place. how to treat each other, how to interact yeah. with each other. No, do you think they should change some of the curriculum in schools now? Yes, we're wait. It's like I feel like even the summer, like they, they make us take you know so many different math classes and. A lot of times we don't use any of that stuff once we get it, once we graduate. We have an 1830s agrarian system Absolutely. of education. Mm-hmm. It was built in a different a different country, basically, right? Our nation. But in 1830, kids had to go out back to the farm in the summertime. We had different tactics that they had to learn. It was very rote. All the kids were together in the same class. I, look, we can be better than this. We need to reform education, not by throwing more money at it, mm-hmm. but by focusing on things that make a difference for the ability of these kids to succeed. That's what's always kept our country successful, mm-hmm. is that we didn't straight, you know, straight jacket our, our youth. Now, should we wash our chicken or not? No, <laughs> definitely not. 
Don't wash no. your chicken? I wash my chicken. You, I'm when, not going to What do you mean don't wash, wash your chicken? chicken? When you wash your chicken. Okay, so why do you wash chicken? To get the bacteria off it, right? Clean it, yeah. Clean it. So when you wash your chicken, you spray the salmonella all over the kitchen, over the, everywhere. It just splatters everywhere. Then you put the chicken into the oven, and the heat from the oven would have killed that salmonella anyway. But it's all in the sink, and we wash it with hot water. No, in the sink. it doesn't always go in the sink. People wash their salad in their sink. You just, when you splatter the water on the chicken, it goes outside the sink sometimes. It's been looked at. That's one of the problems. And yeah, that makes is, sense. And, and, you, and you also you touch wow. the chicken then. You touch chicken with your hands. Mm-hmm. But you have you, to touch it anyway. Well, I, I, we take our chicken. We take. Uh, I, I use it with you know. I grab it with two mm-hmm. fingers, but you can use prongs as well. Throw it in the in the in the oven and let let the oven sterilize the chicken. Really? Then, yes. Then you don't have it on your hands, touching the salad, on the rest of the counter, your face, your mouth, uh, by mistake. But what if you're like, okay, so say you take it out and you have to bread it, you have to put breadcrumbs on it, flour and all it's of that. Fried now. Right. Okay. Doctor, but you could also put that. You could put that in the, uh, you put that in the oven that. as well. You you we don't have any of that things. We don't do that in my household. But so, <laughs> now, now, look, any, I, any type of any type of preparation that you have to do though is still going to get you know the salmonella. No, no matter what you do, there's no incremental benefit of watching the chicken. Really? If, if you wash it, you're not killing salmonella with wa- with water, believe it or not. Black people mad right now. Right yeah, now. I ain't gonna lie. I know you told me not to curse, but that's some white people. <laughs> dog, <laughs> we gotta wash the chicken, dog. <laughs> Come on. No. It doesn't, there's no benefit, please. What you it, said it makes saves, perfect sense, it does though. Make that's sense. what they've been saying in all the articles. But I still gotta wash my chicken, No, it saves some lives here. Come on now. No more. Wa- Listen, make, make that our anthem for the summer. No more washing chicken. Put it in the oven. Let Damn. the oven do the work for you. I've been washing chicken my whole life, and I've Me never too. had salmonella. I know. You wouldn't have had it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> You're wasting all that time washing chicken. What about washing your legs? Well, let me ask you. How do you wash your bottom? That's the more important question. My ass? Yeah. I got two different rags. I got one rag for, for the body, and then I got a, a rag just for my privates. No, but I'm talking about when you, like when you go to the bathroom day in and day out, like you go to the bathroom in the next couple you hours. Poop, you Front poop. Front to back. When you poop, you how, you poop. how do you clean your bottom? Front to back. This is getting kinky, though. This is getting okay, kinky. Okay, now that's all. Now, just real quickly. Go like this. Purse your lips. Whoa. That's what, you, that's what your ass looks like right there. How do you know? Because biologically, <laughs> no. do you get a shot of it? I'm you, suing Doctor. I don't know. That just made me feel uncomfortable. Do it again. That's his ass, Doctor. That's his ass, Doctor. You see the two. If I would, if I would have biopsy the skin around the lips, <laughs> it's the exact same, exact as as your ass has. Oh, exact. Really? Yeah. So th- this tissue looks the same as tissue down below. If I were to get stuff on my lips, would I take sandpaper, toilet paper, and go like this, like this? No. No. You wash with water. So you don't wash your ass? With water. Oh. I always do. But not soap? Not soap. You don't, you don't, you don't wash your mouth with your lips with salt. If, 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 you get, if I spilled some of your grape juice, by the way, on my lips, I wipe it with the, with the, with the water. I wipe it like this. Well, what's cleaner, your mouth or your ass? You know, interestingly, they both have tons of germs. Yeah. And the mouth has anaerobic germs, which are the ones without, you know, they're, they're both a problem. Because so, I would think I put more stuff in my mouth on a daily basis. Well, you sure yeah, do. we know. You, do. you sure do. <laughs> but you know what I mean, right? Yeah, yeah we know what you mean. I think people will be using moist wipes. Uh-huh. I take toilet paper, I spit on it to moisten it, or use a sink. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. Some freaky Stop you guys on the Where you spit yeah. on toilet paper and wipe your ass? Yes. Because that way it's not... Why don't you use a wet wipe? Wet wipes are okay, too, but wet wipes mess up the sewer system. I went over to Brooklyn... I put them in the, in the garbage, not in the toilet. That's part. That's to do that. Mm-hmm. You yeah, you're not supposed to put wet wipes in the toilet. Yes, wipe your ass? Yes. I, and so take it, fold it up, spit on there, and then you wipe your bottom. And then that's oh. a, it's a moist wipe, basically, on your bottom. Throw that in the toilet because it can dissolve perfectly. Then and you you're got good to go. But is it still wet tissue? Yeah, then you got toilet paper stuffing your ass. 
Well, no, you want high quality toilet paper, please. I mean, they, oh. they don't get the cheap quality. stuff. High quality spit. You need exactly. your mama's spit. You know your mama's spit that can clean off everything off your face. You need your mama's spit to wipe your ass. <laughs> All right, don't move. We got more with Dr. Oz when we come back. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. Dr. Oz is here. Yee. Now, what are your thoughts on Alabama this and these anti abortion laws that they're passing in Alabama? Well, that they've passed. I'm, I'm really worried about it. I, I tell you, I, I've taken care of a lot of women mm-hmm. who've had uh, issues around childbirth. The problem with the law as it stands now, and I think the, I think the law was really only passed to generate a Supreme Court challenge, but most women don't know they're pregnant. And it's only it's two weeks past your last period mm-hmm. when you when you have to decide by. Well, yeah. I, and I have people That's on the show all the time who never know they were pregnant, even when they were delivering. 50% of women don't know they're pregnant when they're pregnant. Jesus. So you're asking women to decide almost instantaneously if they're pregnant or not. And they, it's also banned in case of incest and rape. And so I don't quite get it as a doctor. And the other thing is this whole thing about heart beating. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are electrical changes at six weeks, but the heart's not beating. If you, if you, were, if you were to say, starting from when we can hear the heart, like mm-hmm. when the heart's really doing something, that would be different. Mm-hmm. That's not six weeks though. Right. So if you can define life by a beating heart, then make it a beating heart. And what really concerns me is I feel like it's banning safe abortions because women, if they're determined to do something, it just won't be done safely. So if you're determined to get an abortion, which has happened in the past, it'll be done in a dangerous way and it could actually kill you. It's, as a doctor, just putting my doctor hat on, it's big time concern because I, I went to medical school in Philadelphia and I saw women who'd had coat hanger events. Mm. I mean, they're really traumatic events that happened when they were younger, before Roe versus Wade, and many of them were harmed for life, emotionally discarding anyway. Right. At a personal level, I wouldn't want anyone in my family to have an abortion, but I don't want to interfere with everyone else's stuff because it's hard enough to get through life as it is. And I think the 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 rule that that most Americans seem to support is if the child was viable outside the womb, then you don't want to kill that child. Mm-hmm. If the child was not going to be able to survive outside the mom, th- then the mom runs the show. This is a hard issue for everybody because I get it but just being logical about it mm-hmm. if you think that at the moment of conception you've got a life then why would you even wait six weeks right then then an in vitro fertilized egg is still a life then you would have to get rid of everything like plan B everything goes away mm-hmm. well plan the, the, plan B would be considered criminal under some of these mm-hmm. laws I mean as a doctor you know they said that they're going to lock doctors <laughs> up if they perform these abortions how did that make you feel and would you still perform because some doctors said I'm still going to do it regardless in Alabama. I think the, your, your, your primary responsibility is to your patient. Mm. And, they, and the reason they say they're going to lock doctors up is because people don't want to say they're going to lock the moms up. Because mm. no one wants that. Right. Do you think this abortion ban could be self-preservation for the right white race? Because white people are dying more than they are giving birth and non-white women aren't having babies. And No, I think it's, that's, that's again, another effort to, 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 to stimulate people to fight when, instead of dealing with the real issue. Now, everybody's trying to get their summer body. <laughs> yes, look, we have our Drink Fresh Juice here that I um, did, and that, I think, has been really good for people to um, drink all natural, organic I'm juices, no sugar <laughs> added. I'm having the beet gingerade. Yes. And I should point, beet is one of the best ways to get of building red cells. Mm-hmm. So I already feel energized. And ginger helps with the nausea, because sometimes Charlemagne can nauseate Yes, me. he can. Yes. But not beet today. is great right before you work out, too. That's you got to watch him when he tries to, to nauseate you. Morning. You made us sick talking about spitting on your ass. I know. That was but weird. The, <laughs> did he turn into a You went right back to that. What's the healthiest way to lose weight for the summer, Doc? Huge study just came out <laughs> looking at this. Actually, the U.S. government helped support this. They did. They took this group of people, 31-year-old healthy people, and they put them on one of two programs. Mm-hmm. And they put them in basically a lockdown area so they could only eat what they were given. It's the same, by the way, they both had the same, amount of, same numbers of fats, 
uh, carbohydrates, mm-hmm. everything, uh, proteins. Half of them got it from whole food that came out of the ground looking the way it looks when you eat it. And the other half got it through healthy processed food, like baked potato chips mm-hmm. and uh, like fiber sticks. Mm-hmm. Right. So, so again, same basic macronutrients, but half got from whole foods. The other half got it from processed things, like soy isolates, but the exact same nutrient content. The group that got it from Whole Foods lost 500 calories a day. Wow. That's, they, 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 just weren't, they weren't hungry. Mm-hmm. The group that got it from the processed foods, they ate 500 calories more because they were hungrier even though they ate the same number of calories as the other guys. Mm. And what it reminds us is our body, for hundreds of thousands of years, has gotten used to eating real food. And so when we try to process the food, even if we're making healthy processed foods, it doesn't quite work. Mm. You can't trick your hormones. So the reason skinny people get skinny, the reason you lose weight fast, you're not hungry. And why, why aren't you hungry? Because you ate whole food. Mm-hmm. So eat whole food, but, but, a, but low-carb version of it. Gotcha. So real protein, uh, real fats, but not animal fats, but vegetable fats primarily. And the best way to do that is, is primarily be vegan. Mm-hmm. I, eat, I eat what's called a pegan diet. So it's vegan with a lot of meat. Oh my gosh! Yeah, That's not nowhere near vegan. vegan. No, 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 not, not a lot, but but you think about. It. I did a study on the show. We had twenty <laughs> popular diet. diets. That's you the, the, the two most popular <laughs> ones were vegan and paleo. Right. So if you marry, the problem with vegan is you get lonely because no one wants to be around you because you can't eat because <laughs> you can't eat at any of the good places. And then paleo is you know, you're only eating meat, so you can make the we made the pegan diet. It was we had millions of downloads free, by the way. It, it, everyone can download it on drtrials.com. But the pegan diet is. Vegan food with a little bit of the protein being swapped out for meat or other sources. What of- about stuff like Beyond Burgers, Impossible Burgers, all of these? I love them. Me too. They're uh, great. Beyond Burgers are my... And so many places are selling them now. Yeah, well, listen, you can get vegetable-based foods. It's better for the planet. Listen, everyone worries about the gas emissions and coal plants. What's destroying our economy in many ways is the, is the, is the way we eat so much meat. Mm-hmm. So I don't mind a little bit of meat, high quality, mm-hmm. but, but make it the side dish, make it the accoutrement. Don't make it your your big slab because animal farming is go- is going to create environmental issues that we're all going to have to cope with. So again, don't get rid of all of it, just temper it a bit. Yeah, I read those Beyond Burgers. You know, I, I, really, I think I read this this weekend that they're not good for you because you don't know what's in them. And they said they're going to start genetically modifying Beyond Burgers now. Well, there are there's, there's something called Memphis meats that are already uh, they make them from cells, mm-hmm. uh, but th- that's the future. We're making that from cheeses and eggs. You're going to be able to make synthetic versions of these proteins that taste like they don't they're not just mimicking meat. They actually taste just like the meat because mm-hmm. you don't have to grow meat with a cow uh, eating grain. You can grow meat in a test tube. But what is it though? That's not even plant based. If they're doing that, no, it's, it's you're putting the exact same things that animals would eat into the into the meat, and it, that's why it tastes just like it. And it actually is literally the. The chemical structure is identical mm. to the meat you get from a cow. And that's good for you? It, it looks so similar that it's hard to say that it's bad for mm-hmm. you. But some of these other burgers are just plant-based alternatives to it. But I wouldn't be harsh on these, Charlie. We're going we're gonna to have to find alternatives to the way we're eating right now. And people love their meat. Yeah. I like eating meat. So we're going to have to get people... Yeah, Charlamagne s- loves meat. Yes, he does like meat. So Pegan diet. <laughs> Pegan. 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 <laughs> 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 you know what pegan stands no. close to? What? Pegging. Well, yes, of course. Okay, you ever had a pegging diet? No. <laughs> <laughs> where did that even come from? What is going oh, on here? Tell people where they can hear you every day, Doc. Go to DrOz.com. Check it out. Oh, listen, we're on, we're on uh, Fox 5 here in New York, but we're, we're all over the country. It's our ten, we just finished our 10th season, by the way. Congratulations. Yes, congratulations. Hey. Hey. Well, thank I you for coming up here all the time. You, you know, some people that listen, you are their doctor. Well, God bless you. Thanks for having me on. All right. Well, we learned a lot from Dr. Oz today. Wipe your butt, spit on the toilet paper, and 
and, and the I'm pegging diet guys. is healthy. Oh, my goodness. All right. <laughs> it's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. This don't be a donkey, because right now you want some real donkeys. It's time for donkey of the day. So if you ever feel I need to be a donkey, man, hit me with the heat. Did she get donkey in the day? Please tell me. I have become donkey of the day. It's the Breakfast Club, bitches. You're a donkey. Yeah, donkey today goes to a 31-year-old man named Vanessas Porto. Now, Benicis is an Uber Eats delivery guy who's making a delivery in Hackensack, New Jersey. Drop on the clues bombs for Hackensack, New Jersey. All right? Uh, Benicis delivered a bag of food to a 23-year-old customer. And the customer noticed the bag was unstable. Does that happen to anybody in here before? No. Would you eat uh, some food from Uber Eats if the bag was unstable? Probably. Yeah. You still would? Yeah. Oh, okay. I'm hungry. Well, let's see if you I mean, it depends. Did it look like it was accidentally unstable when right. you picked it up? Or was it rummaged through? Was the food all sealed up inside? Well, let's see what you think after you hear this story. Uh, the woman, she felt like, y'all, uh, she didn't want to eat the food because the bag was unstable. So she rushed over to the Ford Explorer that Porto was driving to question him about the open bag. And then this happened. This 31-year-old Uber Eats delivery driver is charged with lewdness after a customer says she caught the driver, Vinicius Porto, pleasuring himself outside her Hackensack home. The 23-year-old woman says that Porto delivered an unstable bag, which she found odd, so she went out to ask him about it. As she approached his car, that's when she saw him. Police say she recorded the incident before he left the neighborhood. Police were able to identify him from the video, and he was arrested. Well, first of all, let me give KYWCVS3. Uh, the credit they deserve for that new story. Uh, also, I want to say by pleasuring himself, they meant masturbation, right? Yes. I. Well, that assume. sounds pleasurable for mm -hmm. him. Wow. I would love to know what she ordered to eat. Uh, what if it was jerk chicken? The irony, right? Mm. Well, Vanessa's uh, Porto. Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> Vanessa, that was a good Vanessa's, one. Vanessa's Porto, after delivering uh, an open bag of food, went back to the car. And saw a young man applying the old handbrake. Uh, clearly, this 23-year-old woman looked amazing because he took a mental picture and couldn't even wait till he got home to badger his witness. Now, I am so glad this young woman didn't eat, didn't eat her food because any man that would churn his butter at 4.45 p.m. in a Ford Explorer in the middle of New Jersey, broad daylight, definitely would eat some of her food before he dropped it off, even if he just took a fry. The thought of him taking the sausage, the sausage hostage and then touching your food. Oh. Now, I must say, this young lady is quick because she pulled out her phone and shot a video of Porto trying to make stomach pancakes before he sped off. And cops tracked down this guy. He's a resident of Newark. And they slapped him with a summons of lewdness. On a brighter note, uh, Vanessa's is starting a new company called Uber Beats. All right? So, <laughs> so, so if, you're in the men watch, if you're into watching men play the skin flute, he will come to your house and uh, choke the Cyclops and do a little dishonorable discharge. And all he asks is that you give him a five-star Uber spanking. I mean, ranking. All right? Uh, please give Venesis Porto, whatever the hell his masturbator's name is, give him the sweet sounds of the Hamiltons. Oh, now you are the donkey of the day. Nobody gonna be shaking uh Vinica, whatever this Venice's portals Venice's portals hand in Hackensack for a long time. Which is kind of wild. It's kind of wild you wouldn't shake his hand because you got to think all men masturbate, right? Yes. Yeah. So just like everybody's hand that you dap up has masturbated. So why wouldn't you dap up Venice's portal just because you know 
He well, where did he wash it? You should wash your hands after. That's right? true. Good. Right after? Ain't, I would think. Ain't no hand sanitizer in the world can clean that up, bro. And I'm sure he had more deliveries right after that, too. Probably. Jesus That's Christ. That's nasty. God bless him. All right, Charlamagne, thank you for that donkey of the day. Yes, sir. All right, we got more coming up next. We're The Breakfast Club. Morning, everybody. It's DJ MV Angela Yee, Charlamagne the guy. We are The Breakfast Club. We got a special guest in the building. Yes, sir. Yes. My brother Bill Bellamy. Yes. The man who refuses to age. I'm just staying stuck at 32. <laughs> everybody call me the black vampire. <laughs> you vegan or something? <laughs> no, I eat, I eat everything. Okay. No, no. I'm like, I just had a pork sandwich. No, I'm just kidding. No, but I eat healthy. I All eat right. healthy. I work out tremendously, and uh, I'm always laughing. So that take half the stress out. That's a You're fact. Always laughing. You know, I'm That's always laughing. Like I, I don't take life too serious unless it's a real issue. But for the most part, I'm having fun. So I, that'll keep that keep keep 20 years right off you right there. Just laugh. See, that's why you look good. You you. You let it roll off. Yeah, I laugh. I laugh. I laugh too much. Right. I laugh at things I shouldn't be laughing at. Well, so, hey, man, let me tell you something, man. I'm with you. Now, let's start oh, from the beginning. But a lot of yes. people don't know. Bill Bellamy, he's been, he, he's done a lot in this industry. Yes, I have. But let's start from the beginning. How, How long did your you career been? Yeah, because he's long. He was a VJ at first. Yeah, MTV, I was a VJ, yeah. yeah. So I, I was doing stand-up, right? Originally from Newark. I'm originally from Newark, New Jersey. Brick, Brick City. City, what's mm-hmm. good? Mm-hmm. I was doing stand-up here in the city. Mm-hmm. And Tracy Jordan from... MTV, she was a talent uh, scout mm-hmm. and talent relations person, saw me mm-hmm. and she was like, you're a really funny kid. Do you like music? Because I, I work for MTV. I didn't even have MTV in my neighborhood because mm-hmm. MTV wasn't everywhere. Right. right. So I was like, I thought she was lying. I was like, what? MTV? MTV? I heard about it. She was like, here's my car. Call me because I want to give you like an on-air audition. So I was like, oh, wow. I ain't had no manager, so I had my man call. I was <laughs> like, yo, act like you my manager and see if this chick pick up the phone. She picked up the phone. I was like, oh! <laughs> so, case in point, I get the audition, and next thing you know, I'm on TV. But what people don't realize is was before that happened, my career happened like it was like a one-two punch. So I'm I'm doing comedy, I get Def Jam, mm-hmm. so I'm I, I, I take my Def Jam. So it's just imagine I tape Def Jam in December, mm-hmm. right? It airs in January, and then I'm on MTV in March. Oh, you did Def Jam before? MTV? Yeah, I taped it oh, wow. when it aired, like, boom, boom. Right. So to everybody, it was like, yo, Bill Bellamy blew up. But it was just the timing of everything. So right. I went from being a funny, like, comedian where everybody just knew my one joke. Mm-hmm. They didn't even know my name. People did not know my name. They was like, yo, you my man to do the car joke. Yo, Ralph Bellamy, yo. <laughs> oh, yes, my man, Ralph Bellamy. And then when I went to MTV, because every day I said, yo, this is Bill Bellamy. This is Bill Bellamy. So no one ever called me just Bill. They was like, yo, that's Bill Bellamy. Gotcha. You see what I'm saying? So then when I got on MTV, that just changed my life because mm-hmm. MTV at that time was what YouTube and, and social media is, all that shit, is yeah. today. Right. So, like, for me... Because this is why I thought about I got to do a book because most people don't know how connected I am to everyone's success, mm-hmm. especially in the music business. You know what I'm saying? To me, like, 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 like Puff. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. me and Puff go all the way back. Like, I remember when Puff, like, this is crazy. When Puff was hanging out bad, he was he was giving out bad boy t-shirts. Mm-hmm. He just got his big deal. Mm-hmm. We was all coming up together, right? Mm-hmm. So he's, he's like DJing. He's hustling his bad boy stuff. He got the street team. Mm-hmm. Next thing I know, he went from Puff to Puff Daddy to Diddy to Boom Boom Pow. Mm-hmm. You know, Jay-Z, when he first came out, he had to get on MTV to blow up. Mm-hmm. Right. So me and Jay is out in Aspen. He's like, yo, we the only black dudes out here. I'm like, I know. No, because mm-hmm. I was doing stuff that black people wasn't seeing on TV. 
I was going places and interviewing everybody that was coming up in the game. And and you would go platinum. Like literally you could go you could be a new artist and get on MTV and, and you'll you just launched. That's right. how powerful it was at that time. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So when when Pac got out of jail, I got to interview. You know, when uh, uh Snoop's first album I'm right there. Right. I'm right there in Jimmy Iovine's office listening to the entire album with Dr. Dre. So I was just like, I got to do a book because these stories and and, 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 and like interesting parts of the music business, I think people will be bugging because it'll never go back to that. Right. What made you leave the music? Because you were so successful. You were the black guy that did all oh, the hip-hop yeah. stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And, that's, and that's so wild to think. When you think about MTV, you think about Fab Five Freddy, yeah. you think about Sway, you even think about Ed Love. I don't ever put you in that mix, but you were right there. I was yeah, right, right there, there. But, but see, the thing was, the difference between Fab, Fab was like, Fab would be like a senior. I came in as a freshman, mm-hmm. right? So Fab Five Freddy, he was he was like the originator of the culture on MTV, right? Mm-hmm. And then then you had Dr. Dre and Ed Love, right? Mm-hmm. And they had... Um, Yo MTV Raps. Yo MTV Raps. But right. see, I was MTV Jams. So MTV Jams was like a hybrid mm-hmm. of everything that they was doing, but then also pop. So Added I, the white. So it. they were black and yeah, white. Yeah, we was black and white. So I had the white artists. I had Babyface. Then I turned around. And I had Collective Soul. Then I turned around. So if you was if you was pop, you was on Jams. And that was what was dope because then a kid like Usher could just go from you know a goal to diamond mm-hmm. because now the white kids is going crazy they got to get it they got to have it. like MTV deems you a success when you're on there right mm-hmm. so we do an interview it, it was you to your benefit as a new artist like for us to come on your show because right now your show has the pulse of the culture mm-hmm. and y'all y'all don't care y'all do everything you know what I mean you what I like about this show is you guys you you, you are topical and you're not just stuck to music you do everything mm-hmm. that's what this that's why I feel the show has such a great audience because there's something for everybody. Mm-hmm. And I think when I what I was trying to do with MTV was I was trying to blow my people up, mm-hmm. period. Mm-hmm. Like, I wanted you to win. I'm like, dog, we out here. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. When Will Smith did his first big movie, Independence Day, he was with me mm-hmm. right there. Yo, I'm about to blow up. I'm like, I, I see it. You got a spaceship. They ain't never seen no brother. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So why did you leave the, the MTV? Because you were doing it so well and you were so... Yeah, I, you know, I wanted to... to, to be a movie star. I didn't want to just be a, a music guy. And so I just, what I did was I started with, um, I did um, Dre and Ed's movie, uh, which was Who's the Man? Who's the just man? a little cameo. Remember, there was a bunch of hip-hop people in that one. That was my taste. I was like, yo, I kind of like this movie thing. We need, and, I want to remake that. Yeah, wasn't that a Absolutely. fun movie? Yeah. It was cameos for days. Hilarious. Oh, my God. Charlie really? Mack, hurry up. Charlie Mack! Yeah, Charlie Mack. Uh, Charlie Mack, Charlie Mack! <laughs> Got a shout out, Charlie Mack. And um, and then I did Love Jones. Mm-hmm. And so now I'm like, yo, man, this is like kind of fly, you know, doing movies. And then I did How to Be a Player. Then I was like, you know what? That was, and that was the one. Yeah, those are classic. I right am uh, really going to do this movie yeah, thing. Yeah, How to mm-hmm. Be a Player is a classic Yeah, movie. it's classic. just one of those movies that I just love and everybody to this day <laughs> still talk about. How'd that come about? Was that Russell, from Russell, MTV? Russell was like, you're handsome, <laughs> you, you 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 you're charismatic. I think this will be a fabulous movie for you to launch your career. You 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 you're fantastic on MTV, but I want to make you a movie star. 
Then that's boom. So that was it. Def Jam produced that. Yeah, that was Def Jam movie and uh, Island Pictures. Yeah. Did that ruin you in real life? Did women really think you was a player? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. There he, he go probably with that. Was, he probably was. Oh yeah, back then. but I was, but not like to the like people think <laughs> like, like like literally like I was, but not like that. Like right. if you see my movie, I ain't even wash up. I was like, yo, I'm nasty. Like if you watch the movie, I just be leaving chicks' house. I don't yeah, even wash yeah, yeah. my hands. Nothing. I'm like, yo, I ain't even you know, little nothing. I'm, I'm like, yo, I was wild, and I had like seven chicks in a day. Uh. That's a lot, you know. Yeah, he was doing too much. I, just, I was doing too much. I was that right. That was way too much. So, but in real life, it was interesting. What I learned from doing movies is when you do a role that people like gravitate to, they think that's really you. Mm -hmm. Like, like, like when I was in Love Jones, people didn't like me for about about a year. I was like, I was just playing. Like that was in the script. I was just playing. Chicks was like, Yo, no, you really dirty like that. How you gonna do Lorenz Tate like that? You supposed <laughs> to be his man. And I was like, Yo, that's the role. It's not like build a real right. guy, you know. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV Angela Yee, Charlemagne the guy. We are the Breakfast Club. We're still kicking in with comedian VJ actor Bill Bellamy Yee. So I see you have a daughter who just turned 16. Yo, I want to give you a shout out. First of all, <laughs> DJ Envy, I never told him this. First of all, this is my man. You the only dude that really made me like, I should have had more kids. You ever see how many kids he got? <laughs> I love it. I got like, five. like, yo, you I like got it. the real family, though. Like, man. I got two and I tapped out. Man, I but it. I mean, you be, you got dick, 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 dick. Like, they like, they go in sizes. Like, I'm like, yo, who does that, yo? I'm like, maybe, and then y'all do the cute outfits. I be like, yo, I should have had three more, though. Why'd you tap out? I, I got scared, bro. Because I, not really, no, I just, I was just good. I was got my girl. I got my son, and I was like, good. Like I didn't even think about it. Like, and when I see this dude, I'd be like, yo, another daughter or son could be cool. Could so what you waiting on? I'm not doing it now. Why? <laughs> the gap. It's ridiculous. His he gap is ridiculous. No, Your daughter, his daughter's 16. 16. My daughter's 17. My daughter's oh, 17. 17, and my youngest is two. How do you do it? This because I'm you yo, take I'm, your out, when you I'm, put it in a vagina, <laughs> you pump a few times, and don't get out, and don't stay in there. Just, just, there. just put your elbows up. Yeah. <laughs> you have, do you have any kids? At three. So you good? Yeah. Nine. None. What you waiting on? I don't know. I've never tried to get pregnant. I've always tried not to. You always try. You scared. You kick it. Get off. <laughs> <laughs> she kicking you in your chest. You ain't going to do that. What did you do with it? But maybe, maybe. This is a fertile. It's coming. Anyway, I got it. Can I tell y'all something real quick? And I just want to ask you because I've been thinking about this because y'all talk about topical stuff. Are these new straws messing with y'all? I hate them. Oh, the, I hate them. These cardboard straws. I hate them. Yeah. Have you ever had one in your mouth yet? I hate them. It's weird. I hate them. It's just weird, bro. They're trying to keep us from littering, but that <laughs> make me want to throw it on the ground. It gets soggy, too. It, man, I went to the movies, man. <laughs> mm -hmm. And I, you know, in the movies, you're watching a movie and you let it sit in there too long, and that thing collapses. Yeah, bro. Like a flaccid penis. Oh! I don't know about that, but. It's like a cardboard <laughs> box. Yeah, you know he always go left. I'm like, what happens? The worst. <laughs> Is that all you I, think of? I mean, that's the, of all the million thoughts, you know, all like a weak, a, a weak. 
asking your mom? What is wrong with Charlamagne? I'll just make sure you How you get this job, bro? <laughs> he said the straw breaks down like a flaccid penis. You know, like a flaccid penis in your mouth? Listen, though. Is it, be, be honest. Isn't it like a flaccid penis? No, it's How like, would he know? I don't know that. Well, I know like what it tastes mouth. like. I know what it feels. It feels like you have. <laughs> what? Oh, you said you know, know what it tastes like. No, no, no. I said I, said, I know what it feels like. <laughs> when you have that, oh, that cardboard straw, don't it seem like a box? Like, you, um, you ever, like, you know, you ever cut up a box? You ever cut up a box after you done yeah, got yeah, something? Yeah, absolutely. It tastes like what the box would taste like. Like the mm. box, if you just had box in your mouth. It's just... <laughs> how po Bill, how poor was you in Newark, bro? <laughs> <laughs> that you you ain't never had a box? <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean, I eat box, but not that kind not of box. Kind of box. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a shock, your cousin. How was you? Yeah, man. man everybody <laughs> didn't have money at first, bro. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? We came from something, man. Yeah. Cats was, cats was, cats was eating boxes. Shaq because of Shaq made the NBA when he was like 920, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he acted like Shaq was rich when he was little. <laughs> It was the same. He had the same money I had. Well, none. <laughs> we was talking about all this. Why did you have a trademark booty call? No. Oh man. That they was, still that use pitiful. that to this day. Yo, I heard it. I literally Damn. heard it on the TV show yesterday. Damn. People use booty call like it just came from them. They just use it and don't even know where it came from. Like yeah. I see, it's always a reference mm -hmm. in a movie or a TV show, and I'm like, yo, it, what, but who was thinking of that in '92? Right. 1992. Did you know? Did you know that you were going to be, you know, renovating homes? Did you know that? No. See, <laughs> if you were started that in '92, you know how many more homes you have right now? What's wrong with you, Envy? <laughs> Why didn't you have the foresight? I don't know, Bill. <laughs> <laughs> how um how did you come up with that term? Oh, do you remember the first time? Oh yeah, you I, used I remember. It? I re literally I remember exactly how I came up with the joke. It was because at the time Mike Tyson had went to jail. He was in Indiana, and this girl went to his hotel room. Mm -hmm. So I, I read the article because that's how a lot of jokes come from reading. So I read a lot, and I was like, "Yo, that is crazy as hell." She went to his room like three in the morning, and she was like, "I don't know why I'm up there." I'm like, "That's that's crazy." That's crazy. Everybody knew what that is. Mm -hmm. So I, my my roommate at the time, I was like, yo, that ain't nothing but a booty call. He was like, yo, B, you, what is that you just said? I said, that's a booty call. Everybody know what it is. Mm -hmm. I ran to the uptown that night, mm -hmm. right? Let me show you how God worked. So I shoot over to the city. I go to Harlem. I'm up at uptown. And that night, everybody was there. It was a bunch of good comics, and I was supposed to go on. They kept putting me last, right? So Charlie Barnett went on that night, and Charlie killed, like, like, I don't know if you ever been to Uptown back in the day. When you killing, they stomp the ground like this. They used to, they used to stomp the ground. So oh, he killing the spot. I'm like, oh my. So Kevin Brown came up to me. He was like, Yo, B man, I, 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 I I'm gonna ask you a favor. Can you, can you come back next week? And I'm like, oh, Come on, man. I've been waiting. I'm like, Come on. My car probably gone. I double parked. <laughs> I'm like, Yo, bro. I came all the way from Jersey. I got, I got a new joint. I gotta drop this joint, man. I just let me go on tonight. I, I ain't gonna be. Come back next week. He said, "Ah, right, you gonna follow Charlie Burnett?" I said, "Yeah, I got it. I got something." Mm -hmm. So, I, 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 what I did was I started with my closer because mm -hmm. I knew my closer was a banger. What was your I closer worked, back then? I don't remember. I just knew it was a banger, so yeah. I started. I worked backwards because mm -hmm. he killed it. Right. So I was like, "Oh shit, I got to start, baby. I got to start with my closer." Keep and that went, energy going. Keep that energy. Mm -hmm. So I started my closer. And I threw the booty call like I did two or three jokes. I had them, and I threw a booty call, and the place exploded. I said, "Oh!" Mm -hmm. Russell Simmons was in there that night. Mm -hmm. That's what's crazy. Had I not went on, HBO was in there. That was the night I got Def Jam. Mm. Wow. And, that's wow. How, and so, so case in point, 
I do the joke. Everybody's going crazy. Russell runs around the back. He's like, yo, what's that What, what what's that booty call thing you just did? <laughs> I want you to do that on my new show. These are my HBO executives, and we're going to do this thing. We're bringing this, this vibe to television. That's how I got Def Jam. Wow. wow. So if I... If I would have just went home, call. nobody would have never yeah. happened. Wow. Is that not crazy? That's nuts. Thank you for reminding me. Word. <laughs> wow. Well, Bill Bellamy is going to be at Caroline Yo, this week. thank you, man. Tonight, 7.30, 10 p.m. And Saturday, 7.30, 10 p.m. And, and write that book, coming. man. Yeah. I'm doing the book. Done. Right here on The Breakfast Club. You heard it's going down. Bam. <laughs> all right. Well, it's The Breakfast Club. It's Bill Bellamy. Yes, sir. All right, so let's talk about Double Down. Now, I, first of all, I just want to say I've seen them around and known them for quite some time. And I know you guys as powerhouses in this industry, right? Behind the scenes. Uh, I've done some work with you also. And I was excited to see that you guys are coming out with a book. So let's talk about Double Down and what it actually means. Because it is physically like doubling down as in blackjack or, you know, playing cards. Exactly. It totally is. Um, we first, we wrote the book because we wanted to democratize success for people that look like us. Mm -hmm. And that was kind of the main focus when we actually sat down to do it. When you think of doubling down, it's about surveying your professional and creative landscape and then really figuring out a place where you have an opportunity with a calculable advantage and then going all in. So it's going all in on the edge that you got. Gotcha. All right, so let's All talk right. about how different you two are because even though you guys are twins and grew up uh, grew up doing similar things, like you talk right. about flipping these guest sweatshirts yes. when you were in school, in Catholic school. So talk about that and that kind of idea that you had where you saw a space that you felt like you could make some money and then that's when you took a risk and said, we're going to invest our money and flip these guest sweatshirts. Yeah, so we basically saw space in the market for girls to want what we wanted. At age 14. Yes. Yeah. You guys are from Brooklyn, huh? Yeah. Brooklyn, you remember no, Brooklyn? Sounds like it. Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we had to get our hustle right, and, That's what I said. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and we just said guess, so I knew it was Brooklyn. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah. we were rocking it. So back, that was when guess was in style mm -hmm. and we went to Catholic school so there was dress down day. What school? Bishop Carney in Bensonhurst. Yep, yep, yep. So uh, on Dress Down Day, you you brought it. So we were like, what if we can sell guest sweatshirts to, to the girls? And there was a store on the Upper West Side in the city that was selling it for discounted prices. So we were like, let's pull together our birthday money and holiday money <laughs> and put together like $400 or $500 and buy a bunch of sweatshirts. We'll were they wear it. Real? They were, they were real. real. Oh, they, they were legit. Second. They were legit. <laughs> um, and then we ended up wearing it to school. We had the rest in our backpacks. And everyone was like, oh, my God, we love that one. We love that one. We, we were like, like we you got can one get one for you, for you and, and you. And, you. and, you. and, you. and then we sold it. And then we started doing that a couple of seasons we did that. Yeah, time. we did yeah. it for about two or three seasons. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now, you yeah. guys also discuss the different ways that you can be successful, right? You can be an entrepreneur, start your own company, or you could work within a system. Exactly. And so that's where the difference came in for both of you. Right. Yeah, and I think when you look, we the book is based on our eight principles, but it shows that you can define your own level of success. Mm -hmm. So Antoinette took a path where she's more of an intra intrapreneur, and then my, I'm more of an entrepreneur where I start businesses to drive change, and she steers companies to really drive change. Mm. In the book, you say you you uh, you both say to work backward from where you want to end up. What do you mean by that? A lot of it is to manifest it, right? right? So we talk a lot about... It's not about wishful thinking. It's about listful thinking. We write lists for everything. Mm -hmm. So we think once we put it on paper, we see our trajectory and we hold ourselves accountable. So when I was... 21 coming out of college, I said, I want to be a producer and I want an Emmy by the time I was 35. So no matter how many long hours I had to work, late nights, weekends, 
I've been on four can I was on four canceled shows. I never gave up because I had my eye on the prize, and that prize was getting that Emmy. And then by the time I was 32, I had won two. And you realize all that's part of the process. Yeah. One thousand percent. And I think we're we're all about being legendary, not temporary. There you go. So and you have to you have to not let the status quo kind of beat you up right. and tell you how you're supposed to do things. You yes. can define that. Yeah. Now you guys have always also had a sense of style throughout your entire career. Do you think that plays a part in how people perceive you? How important is that when people come in and, you know, we don't want to focus on how we judge somebody based on how they're dressed or their appearance, but what are your thoughts on that? I think fashion is huge. Some people may say it's frivolous and don't get caught up in that. Fashion is your armor, so that's the first thing people see as soon as they see you, and it's an extension of who you are and your brand. One of my first job, Monta Williams Show, I got that because when I, I went in for an informational interview, they didn't have any positions at the time. And as I was leaving the informational interview, the EP had a full glass window to her office. She saw me and she came out. She was like, where's your dress from? I love it. Mm -hmm. So I started a 10 minute conversation with the EP. Two weeks later, there was a PA had quit and sh who was top of mind? Me. Right. And it was because we started that conversation over the clothes and I stood out mm -hmm. and ended up getting that job. Who raised y'all? Mother, father, father, mother? Our mom. So mom. mom. She came to the States from Jamaica when she was 18. And we always say we were raised kind of by committee. She was the youngest of eight. So all of our aunts were in our business. Our grandmother mm -hmm. raised us. Our four aunts raised us as well. And we like to say our mom was audacity and heels and a Swiss army knife. So mm -hmm. everything that came up, she found a solution for. And I feel like we picked up on a lot of those traits growing up too. And then our aunt Monica was the first boss lady we saw. She was not only an entrepreneur, but she owned a construction company. So back then, not only for an immigrant to come here and start a business, but a construction company. Um, so I think their influence on us and their em immigrant mentality basically pushed us to want even more for ourselves. Yeah, because I think their drive and desire for us to succeed was unmatched. Mm -hmm. It was like the only way you guys can go is up. And we truly, truly believe that. They made us feel like we were superheroes, like mm -hmm. we could do whatever we wanted. Yeah. And the funny and I think it made it easier because it was the two, two of us. So too. we had we fed off of each other yeah. had each other for support. That's why so much of the book is about building your tribe and focusing on deliberate cultivation and not passive accumulation. Because you're surrounded by amazing people, but all friends and people aren't created equally. So how do you sift through that? And, and find people that are your gravity, but also your elevation. And we've been able to do that for each other. So we wanted to basically codify what does that mean for you to be able to do it or you to be able to do it. So your father wasn't around? He was around until we were in and out. So they got divorced when we were five. Um, and then we... We would see him on weekends and maybe a vacation summer vacation there. Then he got remarried. And kind of didn't and left remember us. Got a whole family. new family. Mm -hmm. Yep. And then our mom had to figure out how to pay our, our high school tuition, mm -hmm. how to get us to dance class. That's the thing. She wanted to give us such a better life. She sacrificed so, so much. much for us, yeah. And the but the funny thing is, they believe so much in the in the status quo. When our whole book is about challenging the status mm -hmm. quo, and but they were such <laughs> victims of the status quo because they, they were thought, like. Education was the most important thing to them. That's what they right. told us back in the day. Yeah, black people. Exactly. exactly, because no one could take that away from you. So their version of the American dream was doctor, lawyer, or mm -hmm. engineer. Mm -hmm. And we were like, we don't want to do any of those things. Yeah. 
So we tricked them. When we graduated from Skidmore, they were like, okay, now you got to go to grad school because you need to get your secondary degree. And we were like, okay, we'll work for two years and then we'll go back to school. So then I looked at Antoinette and I was like, we have two, two years, years to, to figure, figure this thing out. out. Yeah, like, yeah. what or how are we going <laughs> to carve a path that they are happy about and, and feel we, confident and that we we'll, feel confident that we'll be successful at? And, and then they let us, they left us alone. They let us rock yeah. after that. Ladies, thank you so much. <laughs> now, what's next for you, ladies, and how can people get in touch with you if they want to get in touch with you and follow you and all that good? Um, the website is doubledownbook.com. And I'm on Instagram, Trisha002. And I'm Ned underscore Clark, N-E-T-T-E underscore C-L-A-R-K-E. I love how y'all finish y'all sentences. It's like Jada Kiss and Styles. Like, <laughs> finishing each other's bars. Well, no, but so it's, and it's a great us. book for anybody that is mm-hmm. interested in business, people who are just trying to figure it out in their life. What do I want to do next? It's very inspirational. For me, I was there's a lot of things that I've been trying to figure out about what's next. So it was good to help me focus on that. So I appreciate it. Double down. Thank you, guys. Thank you, ladies. Breakfast Club, good morning. <laughs> morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Now, you got a positive note? My positive note is simply this, man. Instead of ignoring loss and trauma or moving quickly past them, we can choose to slow down, sit with each loss, examine it, grieve it, because it's better to sink in and experience it now than to find yourself drowning years later in losses that had no voice. <laughs> 